Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Hello, I am Lee Campbell in a studio all by myself. Who are you and where are you? Well, I am Tegan Natoli and I am at home. Just when you think all this shite show is over, (laughs) no, then gastro hits my family. You don't technically think it's gastro, you think it's sushi, but I said to you, Tegan (laughs) called me this morning and said, one of the twins is spewing, if I can get a nanny, I might be a bit late. And I was like, do not come near me. I don't want gastro. I do not want to be in an office, a studio with you. So I I banished her to home. So sorry. I know. You're such a cow. (laughs) Look, I'm just glass half full. I'm like, no, it's not gastro because I really want to send her to school over the next week. I know. But you've got her home like a good mum. Yeah, she is here and she's totally fine. I think she's stoked about having a day one-on-one with me because it never really happens ever. And if people do hear a little voice in the background, it is, thank God this is a parenting podcast because Tegan has one of her children with her. Anyway, speaking of being a parenting podcast, this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. And I am so excited about today's show we have coming up. Recently, we were contacted by a Mamma Mia fan who wanted to share the story of her 15-year-old daughter, Alice, who transitioned last year. Raising a trans or gender non-conforming child is something so many parents are doing or will do one day. So we are going to speak to Alice's mum, Fiona, about their journey. Cannot wait to chat to her and also our nails and fails of the week. As parents of young kids, there are so many things we haven't discovered yet when I'm referring to Tegan and I. And one of those things is their gender identity, which is something most kids learn about themselves when they're a little bit older. But it's something that parents all over Australia and the world are navigating. Fiona Waters recently contacted us about her 15-year-old daughter, Alice, and she joins us to talk about their journey now. So, Fiona, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the show. I know that Alice transitioned last year. When did she initially come to you and want to talk about her gender identity? Um, So, a bit of background with Alice, she had always been gender non-conforming. So, since she was, you know, could dress up, she would always dress in the girl's clothes. She would always be the frozen character, be the, the girl character and everything. So, we had always been open to this. We have two older sons who were very, we live on a farm in a rural town and they'd always been into very much the stereotypical boy things like hunting and football and you know going with dad and doing tractor and everything and she never just has ne- had never shown that interest in any of those sort of things which was fine so we were aware of of kids that are transgender um, we'd watched a fantastic thing on Australian story when Alice was around six or seven and had sort of thought then okay this is what we might be dealing with we sought help then in terms of you know ringing up the appropriate 
people and they sort of said, well, look, at the moment it sounds like she's gender non-conforming. She wasn't sort of saying, I am a girl. She wasn't upset in any way. My husband, who is a gorgeous dairy farmer, also very much a boy boy, just said, look, she, she might just be a boy that likes to dress up in dresses and that's okay. So let's just, you know, go with her. So it wasn't until she was about 13 that she came to me and thought that she might be gay and she was quite nervous about telling me and telling my husband and we were just like, oh, no, that's, you know, that's great. What can we do to help? We love you. Love is love. And she sort of was okay with all that. And then when she was nearly 14, she came to me in tears and said, I'm really sorry, mum, but I think I'm transgender and um, burst into tears. And I sort of said, um, you know, it's okay. We love you, and we'll 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 work this out. We'll we'll get some advice because I I didn't know what to do really. So I just said we'll, we'll we'll get some advice and we'll go from there. Luckily, we were able to get in touch with a gender clinic over in Albury, Wodonga, and they were wonderful. When we had a, a a meeting with them, nearly straight away, they explained that often this will happen when kids hit puberty because the dysphoria becomes very real for them as they're going through those changes, and then. I guess the emergency of it all is, is is quite urgent to then address. So we started that process and then about a month later she came to me and said, no, no, I'm gay, I don't want to, it's all oh, fine because wow. we had an appointment with a psychologist and she was like, no, no, it's all fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Sorted it out. Yeah, and I, I was like, okay, that's fine. And I, in my inside, I was thinking, oh, thank God, we can do gay. Yeah. You know, this is a lot easier. Wonderful. And I was, in all honesty, I was really relieved. And I thought that the the journey that she would have to take would be tricky, a little bit tricky, being gay, but not as tricky as probably would be being transgender. So I cancelled all appointments. And it takes a lot to get into all these appointments, but we cancelled all the appointments. And I had said to her, you sure? Like, I, honestly, it doesn't worry us. We're happy to support you, but no. And then about two weeks later, she came to me in tears again and said, I'm really sorry, mum, but I am <laughs> transgender. And I said to her, why, why did you change your mind like last time? And she said, I just knew it was going to be easier for you if I was gay. Mm. I can imagine how hard it would be for her navigating this. And and you said yourself that you weren't quite sure what to do. Did you find finding support very easy or was that quite hard? Look, we have been blessed. I don't know how or why everything has been really, really good. Like usually it's terrible living in the country because you can't get any, you know, you can't get to appointments. You can't go and see, you know, but the gender clinic over in Albury-Wodong were just amazing. They put us in touch straight away with a paediatrician in Albury-Wodong who is un- under the umbrella of the Royal Children's, which was then under the umbrella of Michelle Tel- Telfer, who is, you know, renowned for her work with transgender kids. So we were very lucky in that respect because we were able to get the help and progress from the next one step to the next step to the next step to the next step quite well. But I know that that is not the experience of a lot of families and parents. So we're very lucky with the journey that we've been able to get the support that we have and then be pointed in the right direction. Transcend Australia is amazing and it's been a big part of the success of, of Alice transitioning, both in a medical sense but also in a social sense. And at school and things like that, we've had a lot of support from Beck Robinson and and now Jeremy Wiggins, who's in charge of Transcend Australia. And yeah, the support there has been huge. So we found it 
relatively easy to get the help, but that is definitely not always the case with um, with all people on this journey. Yeah. In your email to Mamma Mia, you mentioned how horrible it was that this was all going on and so was the religious freedom bill debate at the same time. So for listeners that might not know, what was that bill all about and how did that feel for you and Alice and the family at the same time? Yeah, that was pretty huge. So Alice transitioned about a year ago officially, socially, out at school and everywhere and at that time, there was a real grief as well as an excitement for, from all of us and a very much an understanding and a love for it. There was a grief and I remember being very scared for Alice and what was, how society was going to accept her. Um, I was scared for my family, my other kids and how they're 20 and 18. So at the time were 19 and 17 and, and you know, right in the midst of teenage life as well. And then her little brother, Ollie, as well. But Mostly it was around fear that the grief was and real grief. Like I was howling at one stage to a counsellor, not to Alice. Then we transitioned and everything went really well. When the religious discrimination bill got put forward and just in brief what it was saying the day that it all went a bit pear-shaped was that they weren't going to allow gay students to be expelled for being gay, but they were going to allow transgender children to be expelled or or not accepted into religious schools and the day that that happened I watched that night my fam I was on a family group chat with my my family and mum shared the Stephen Jones video where he got up in parliament and spoke about his nephew that had recently committed suicide because he some of the reasons were around him being homosexual and not feeling accepted for that and then his own son who is gender non-conforming and who is beautifully, gloriously themselves, and just spoke about, you know, that this shouldn't be happening and the love that he felt for his child. And that really resonated with me as well. And while talking to my family, they were all like, yes, we support you, but this is on a messenger. It wasn't out there. And I said, well, then get out there and tell us that you support us. And I'm a practicing Catholic and you know, religion is very important to me, but that's not the religion that I know. That's not the the God that I know or the Jesus that I know or the experience that I've had with Catholic schools. They wouldn't do this. They wouldn't support this. So that night, my mum, who is a very conservative voter, who was also a practicing Catholic, she put out a post on Facebook and basically outed Alice, <laughs> but in a nice way. She didn't mean she was, she was doing the right thing mm. and said to all of her Facebook audience, how proud she was of her and how this was ridiculous. So then the next morning I said to Alice now, sorry, but Granny has um, (laughs) tagged you in a post (laughs) and because she didn't ever want to be known as the trans girl, she just wanted to be known as Alice. Yep. And she said, no, that's okay. She said, and I said, well, do you want me to come out and say something? Because I had never come out with a post or anything on Facebook because it wasn't my my place to do that for her. And she said, yeah, no, I do actually, Mum. I want... This is too important. I want people to know. And it's, it, had, it really scared us. She said to me, does that mean that they'll, that'll go to a vote? Will everyone be voting on whether I can go to a particular school or not? Mm. And I said, no, we're going to stop this from that happening. And the minute I put out my post about her, the amount of support was unbelievable. The amount that it freed me. In, I, I was never ashamed of it. And everyone knows that Alice is transitioned. But the fact I could proudly say, this is my beautiful girl and this is our journey and this is wrong 
what is happening is my child has woken up this morning and she's been told by government that she's not as important or valid or loved as another child. So pointedly say that about transgender children was just, yeah, horrible. But the good news is that 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 post got shared, you know, 250 times. Alice could see every time it got shared and that just filled her heart. We were contacted by um, conservative politicians saying that they would cross the floor if if it got to the Senate, which it nearly did. A lady who's local to this town is a Senate representative in the National Party in Canberra and she had said she would cross the floor if that's what was needed. So in a way, a negative became very much a positive and sort of, you know, helped me to get in touch with you guys, helped me to, you know, really get out there and say and normalise it and say this is, this is our journey. You're certainly doing some amazing advocating for this community and I'm sure there's going to be lots of parents who are listening who might have a child who's not sure about their gender identity or may have already transitioned. What advice would you give to them? Biggest advice, I did a really great parenting course under the village in um, in Melbourne. It's called The Village. The biggest advice is get in touch with other parents who are going through your journey. They may know more, but we didn't know enough. We didn't know about different pronouns. We didn't know about, you know, it was all about us when we first, when she first told us, we were like, oh, okay, well, we accept that, but we don't want you to actually come out and wear a dress yet. We're not ready for that. You know, the boys aren't ready for that. The school's not ready for that. The community's not ready for that. She'd been waiting 14 years to be able to wear a dress. She didn't want to wait any longer. And once I got into talking to other parents and we were guided by the professionals who knew what they were talking about as well, I can't stress how much that helped, even to the point of, you know, we were very much still calling her her dead name. Her pronouns were he. I remember saying to her, you've got to give us time. But after doing the course, the biggest thing came out was probably that, you know, 41% of transgender kids will try to or be successful at suicide. And the biggest thing that you can do, it's such a little thing, but the biggest thing you can do is acknowledge their pronoun and their name. And so that night at dinner table, and I sat there with everybody and I said, right, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to be starting to call Alice Alice. I'd had used her other name and you don't have to. Everyone's on their own journey, but I'm going to. And you know, everyone can see what they want to do from there. Anyway, it took about two weeks. My husband, and who was 100% supportive, but he wasn't ready for to do that yet because there's a whole heap of grieving that's involved and understanding with that. But two weeks later, we picked her up from work and we we're all in the car and he just said, so Alice, how was work today? And, you know, I'm crying. Alice is crying. <laughs> <laughs> the older boys yeah. are like, what? Oh, gosh, now I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. No, it was beautiful. And it's a beautiful it moment. was just that. It was just mm. that. We had her back. So I think that's probably the main message is I would say, you know, they're going out into a world that is going to be pretty uh, misunderstanding of what she's going through, of what transgender is. My dad, gorgeous man that he is, said to me, you know, I don't have to understand it. I just have to love her. And I said, that's right, Dad. Like, you don't, you know, that's okay. You know, you don't have to go and do the research. You just have to love her and be with us on this journey. So I think if parents, if they can please, in front of their child, even if they're having all these doubts in their heads, which we all do, and, you know, grief and anger and, you know, not understanding itself, but don't 
let that child know that. That child needs to know that you support them 100% in where they're at. And that's the biggest, biggest thing you can do. Beautiful. Fiona, thank you so much for your time and for joining us. All our love to you. All our love to Alice. It's been fantastic having you on the show. Oh, thank you. And thanks for yeah allowing us to get the, get the story out and, and normalise um, these beautiful oh, kids. It's our honour. Thank you. Thanks very much. Nailed it. You failed it. Tegan Natoli. What's your middle name? Elise. Tegan Well, or Elise. as my husband likes to say at my wedding, Alice. But oh. anyway... <laughs> In the middle of our oh wedding ceremony, I he's take like, you, I Tegan, take you, Alice. Alice. I'm like, mate, that's not my name. But that is thanks. so funny. Oh, my gosh. Maybe you're not technically married. Tegan, <laughs> Elise, Natoli, can you start with your – well, you've touched on it already. What's your failed? Yeah, well, my failed. Um, I jinxed myself because I'm pretty sure it was you and I talking only maybe two weeks ago and I was saying how none of my family has had gastro. And oh. I did touch wood. I touched wood. I rubbed it. I hit it. I kissed it. <laughs> And uh, and then, of course, you cannot say anything as a parent because no. as soon as you acknowledge the glory I feel moments, like I even said to you, don't say that. Yeah, you did. You were like, why would you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, because it's never happened. Like literally within the week, I had one kid vomiting in her bed. And then now, one week later, the same thing happened last night to the other twin. They're oh. on a, like a week apart cycle. So... We have never experienced this before. I thought I'd basically gotten away with murder, but no, here it comes with a vengeance. I have nothing to say. I don't want to say anything and jinx myself Yeah, don't say anything. Do Mm-mm. not even think it. Mm-mm. Don't even, like, Mm-mm. breathe it. But I feel like with this other COVID variant, and then gastro is obviously doing the rounds really badly in New South Wales. I'm not sure about other states, but... I literally think, do I need to leave the house for this purpose? Because otherwise I'm so scared of coming home. <laughs> yes, because you've dodged it so far. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, touch, I'm touching wood. I'm touching wood. Oh, touching that wood. didn't work last time. <laughs> but can I just say the worst part of it last week was with all that bloody rainfall. Mm. Like she spewed in her own bed. She spewed in my bed. Mm. And then... The amount of sheets yes, and doona covers and, and you can't mattress get that smell protectors. Out, man. Oh my oh. god! And like it's, I feel like I can't avoid it because it's on me. I'm running yeah. around the house being like, I'm the one that smells like spew. I swear to God. But anyway, oh, that was a big fail for me. Do not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> if, Do unless not you ever want it to gloat happen. about parenting. My poor what fail. Oh, poor Alexander. The other day, like I thought, once they could like fully walk and stuff, they weren't as clumsy. But because he's <laughs> such a like runner and jumper oh by story his head like teacher at school said she's never had a a child with so much energy before like she's obviously (laughs) seen so many children so I'm like awesome had to be my kid but it explains why he hurt himself no less than 10 times in one day wow you might remember the story where rich punched the wave so now if he ever hurts himself (laughs) he wants me to punch or kick whatever it was so he hit his head on the car door he's like punch the door mummy and I'm like no I'm not punching the door because that teaches you that violence. Yeah, violence. And then he cut his, the top of his hand on his train tracks he's, and he's throwing his train tracks. So not only am I like getting the ice pack, doing the cuddles, <laughs> getting the Panadol, I'm also then trying to stop him taking out violence on every item that he hurts himself. Oh, my gosh. By the end of the day, I was like, I hope that you don't have concussion because it was just one of those days I had to sign two incident reports at school because someone sat on his hand. Like, honestly, 
I just love to be an observer watching you going around punching random (laughs) objects with your son, like in the street walking down. Rich did it again when he tripped over on a stick. Rich broke the stick and I was like, stop (laughs) teaching him that you take aggression out on the thing that hurt you. Because oftentimes it's an accident. Like the wave and the stick didn't come to get him. Anyway. The, the, the conversations we end up having in the world when you have children blows oh, my mind. Like, like I'm rich. Don't I'm like rich, hit it's sticks. Not the sticks fault. Exactly. Anyway, that was my fail. Did you nail anything this week? Look, I did. Well, not this week, but a couple of weeks ago, I went away for work because we are opening a bump day spa up in Brisbane at oh the end gosh, of this month. Oh my gosh, the best news. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. But this was like my first time I needed to go away sans children, sans husband. I wasn't mad about it at all. <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> and I may have stretched it out a little bit, but you know, look, there were a lot of post-it notes around the house. Yeah. How did say. Jason go? Well, yeah, he was, he was very lucky. He had some, um, you know, in-laws come over and his mum come over. So I think he got off pretty scot-free and he did really well, I must say. But um, yeah, like he's just gone away now. And I'm like, where are all your post-it notes, buddy? Like yes. not one thing. He's like, so is, have, have you got everything you need before I go? I'm like, well, what? yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to organize anything. You don't usually anyway. I also thought it was funny because you're in Queensland. There's a slight time difference, but I still got a voice note from you at 6am. But you weren't oh. getting up to a child. Just your horrific body clock. I it's know, so unfair. It was so bad. Yeah. So I was actually, because usually here I wake up at about 6, 6.30. So it was 5am. I'm like thinking, oh, great. No kids. I can have a sleep in. And no, I was up at 5am Brisbane time. Rude. And I could have punched myself in the face. But still a nail to have it a little. It was a nail because yeah. you know what? I did it. Everyone was still alive when I I got back. I yep. got all the work done that I needed to do. So look, it's just all happening. How Aww. about you? Did you nail anything? My done? nail was again. Um, I guess from last week now that since Alexander's gone to daycare when he first started, obviously we could take him right into his room, and then COVID hit and various lockdowns on and off, on and off. So I haven't been actually going into his daycare, and I'm, I'm assuming it's the same for lots of parents. For such a long time, we would drop them at the front door, text when they're yeah. going to get there. Same picking them up. But now that Touchwood, things are a little bit more normal. I can finally go into his daycare and into his room. And oh my gosh, going in with him, holding his hand, he's saying to everyone, This is my mummy. This is my mummy. Mummy. He's so proud. And he's like, Mum, this is my friend. Mum, this is where my water bottle goes. Mummy, this is my locker where my bag goes. Oh, that's cute. Oh, it was the cutest thing. I mean, it's added 10 minutes every journey, yes. which is fine. I'm just. And do you have to remember a code? Yes, the hardest code part to get for in me, the door. I'm like, I don't, I don't I've, I've done a year without remembering a code. Code to get in the door, and then you've got to punch into a system and sign them in and sign them out. Yeah. So I'm definitely yep. out of um, out of practice and I always forget my mask and they have to give me a new mask. Oh, but, but that's something fun. He is just so excited. Every morning he said, Mummy, are you going to come into the school again? And I said, yeah, I'm going to come in every morning but I didn't pick, and every time I pick you up. So a little bit of normalcy back in a still what is a very crazy, tumultuous world is just so nice. And to see their excitement and... All the other kids run up and go, hi, mummy. And you're like, well, I'm someone's mummy, but I'm not your mummy. I'm not yours, no. Um, It's funny you say that, actually, because I had never picked or dropped Banjo off in his new class. Do you know what I mean? Because he transitioned from from the toddler class to the preschool class during COVID. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget you're all in the same class now. And like, I've not seen you in this environment. It's so weird as a mum. I'm like, I don't even know where to go because there's a few different rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they are. I know. So it is a nice little thing to be able to do again, isn't it? Absolutely. And on that note, thanks for listening to this glorious mess. We love having you. Please get in touch. We have an email 
email address. It's tgm at mamamia.com.au. You can send in some suggestions. You can tell us how fabulous we are. We really enjoy compliments. <laughs> also, join Mamma Mia Parents. It's a group on Facebook. It is fantastic. We chat in there lots. This podcast is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode was produced by Emmeline Peterson. I hopefully will see you next week. Goodbye. In the flesh. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.